0: You see, now and again, it needs to be done. The old Frank Sinatra dance to that fantastic song, New York, New York playing a GTFM. Uh, (laughs) There's no connection, really, between New York, New York and Frank Sinatra and politics, I don't think, but uh, we'll certainly find out. Uh, Chatting then to uh, Vicky Howells, member of the Senate for the Cannon Valley. Uh, First of all, good morning to you, Vicky.
1: Good morning, Gareth, and good morning to all your listeners.
0: So... I don't think there's any link, is there, between Frank Sinatra thing and that and politics?
1: <laughs> no, I was trying to think of one, but I honestly can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's start with some good news. Uh, the relaxation of Covid restrictions as we head towards alert level zero. Uh, very good news, Vicky.
1: Yes, indeed. You know, I think people have made so many sacrifices um, since we, we went into alert level uh, two just before Christmas. And... Uh, You know, that has paid dividends, hasn't it? And we are coming out the other side now of this Omicron wave. And I know people will just be so pleased that we can go back to as much normality as possible now.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's no sign, I, I don't want to tempt fate, of course, but I mean, there's no sign, that there, there was talk, I think, last week of a possible, uh, another variant of the Omicron, um, but I've not heard anything since, so it's looking reasonably good at the moment?
1: Yeah, I would say so, I mean, the, the virus is mutating all the time and it's only a few variants that have made the news uh, in the the last 18 months or so, which I think shows, you know, that most variants end up not being too much of a cause for concern. Um, So let's just hope that, you know, we are on the way out of this now. A lot of the scientists are saying that actually Omicron is good news if that's the way that the the virus is mutating because it attacks the upper respiratory system uh, rather than the chest. Uh, And therefore, it's a lot less dangerous. So, you know, I think we all keep our fingers crossed that this is the way the virus will mutate. And hopefully, uh, before long, it, it will become an endemic rather than a pandemic. and We'll be able to manage and live with it then.
0: Yeah. Now, alert level zero, is that coming into force? Is it this Friday?
1: as long as there's no nasty surprises with the data between now and then. So, again, fingers crossed on that. But, you know, all the indicators are looking very, very positive. But uh, it's only fair that that I say that as a caveat. But, yes, it should be coming in from this Friday.
0: And, of course, with the Six Nations getting underway a week on Saturday, it's fabulous news for the hospitality sector as well, pubs and nightclubs yeah. reopening. its uh, That's great, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think for morale as well, you know, a lot of people did contact me with feeling really strongly about the Six Nations. And I think after everything we've gone through as a nation, it's always... Um, something that's in the calendar that a lot of people feel really strongly about isn't it? And it just helps to boost morale so the fact that we'll be able to host those games here in wales and people will be able to to go to them in person or to go go to the pub and watch them um, all of that i think will really really help people to to feel better about the situation
0: so what was the general feeling? You, you said that people were, were approaching you or, or getting in touch with you. Um, was it, did they have strong views about, you know, restrictions, relaxing, that they wanted to go to the pubs, that they wanted to go maybe to a nightclub afterwards, that sort of thing?
1: The idea of us um, actually hosting the games here in Wales, that was right, a big okay. part of what people are feeling really strongly about. And I think, you know, even if you just even if you're just watching on TV, is seeing that crowd there um, in the stadium makes such a difference, doesn't it, to the way we all feel about the game?
0: OK, so how is the NHS coping at the moment then, Vicky, with the Omicron variant uh, hospital admission numbers? Are they on the way down now?
1: They are. They are on the way down. And I know that um, in our local health board area, they are looking now to put in place a plan to resume elective surgery. So for all those people who were on waiting lists for things like uh, hip replacements, knee replacements, all of that will be able to start up again very soon, as long as this, the pressure from Omicron um, continues decreasing.
0: Well, that's good news, because I I know um, off-air we've had this conversation a couple of times. I am myself, I'm waiting for a hip replacement. Uh, I've been waiting two years. Of course, you know, like everybody else, you've got to be patient and calm because far more important things have been going on in the world. But uh, So those operations are going to resume very, very soon then, are they?
1: That is the plan and I'm looking to get further information from the health board about that because there's so many people like yourself, Gareth, who are waiting and often in pain as well. So it's important that they can have an idea of when um, they they may be called forward.
0: Yeah, I'm falling apart, Vicky. I'm just falling apart, don't worry. But 600,000 people on the waiting list here in Wales, is that right?
1: Yes, it is, and, and you know that that is a, a very high figure. And then we've got a lot of work to do uh, to work through that now. And a lot of people are asking me, you know, how fast can we work through those waiting lists? Well, really, it all depends on um, how many NHS staff are having to self-isolate because they've got COVID at any one time. Um, so, you know, that is the, the big the big um, unanswered question, really, as we move forward. But as long as the staff are there now, then those operations will be able to go ahead very, very soon.
0: And, of course, people suffering from cancer, they get priority, of course, don't they?
1: Yes, that's right. And they, and they always have, in fairness, throughout the
0: pandemic too yeah and rightly so now vaccination rollout is going to plan people having they boost the jabs
1: yeah, that's right. I was just looking at the stats actually for uh, the half area and um, over 80% of those eligible for a booster have now come forward and had it. Slightly lower than those who've gone for the second jab, which was 90% of all eligible adults. Um, so there's obviously, there's a few people out there still trying to work into their schedule when they can go for their booster and I would urge them to do that as soon as possible.
0: Good. Um... Isolation periods coming down on Friday, uh, down to five days, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's right. As long as you take a lateral flow test on day five um, and it comes back negative, that's fine. You can then release yourself and go out and and about um, on on your business and take a lateral flow test again on day six just just to to double check.
0: Right. Now, we mustn't get complacent, of course. What about the wearing of masks in schools? Any major changes after half term, do you think?
1: Well, I think that's going to depend on the prevalence of Omicron. You know, we know that young people don't like wearing masks all day, it's not a nice feeling Um, and it does get in the way of teaching and learning as well Um, but it all depends on those figures because the most important thing is being able to keep the pupils in school and obviously if we get uh, members of staff going off ill with COVID that's got an impact and our students going off with it as well so it's a fine balancing act of data that I know the minister and his team will be looking at to make those decisions.
0: And what about, I mean you mentioned teachers and staff numbers of course sometimes they've got to isolate and, and sadly some of them have COVID. And of course, it's the same with NHS staff as well. What, what are the numbers in the Cumtaf-Morganic area? Do you, do you know what the numbers are with NHS staff? People off with, with uh, either isolating or with COVID?
1: I think they're down to about 1 in 50 now, um, which is a lot lower than they were at the, the at the height of the Omicron wave.
0: OK, that's uh, so things are improving then, that's yes, good news. they are. So let's move on to the A465 redevelopment between Dowless Top and Merthyr. Uh, of course, it's, it's going west to Hirwine. Uh, work is well underway, which is great news, of course, but you are not happy with the decision by Stagecoach Buses not to run a service between Aberdare and Merthyr. Uh, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So this was last weekend. Um, the, the road won't close during the daytime very often, but whenever it does, I think it's really important that public transport links continue. You know, when we've had work on the railway line, for example, they always provide replacement buses and so that's what I would expect of all bus companies that even if they can't provide the same number of services because obviously a detour takes longer they still should be putting in place that service because so many people rely on buses in order to get them from Aberdeen to Merthyr or vice versa for work purposes um, as well as those essential economic links that we've got you know, shopping etc between uh, the two communities so I've written to um, Stagecoach uh, along with Don Bowden, the member of the Senate for Mirtha, um, to ask them to ensure that in future they do put on these replacement services.
0: I was going to mention Don Bowden because obviously you know you you both uh, Labour members for the member of the you know Don in Merthyr and of course yourself in Canon Valley, so that makes sense. And of course you've got to think of uh, college students as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, this time it was on the weekend, but if there are any closures during the week, it could affect those as well. Um, and, and I really don't see any reason why those replacement services uh, should shouldn't be provided. It's absolutely essential.
0: Well, can they run a direct service from Aberdeen to Merthyr via Aberkennan and the A470? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, what Stagecoach said to us in reply was they hadn't had sufficient notice of the road closure from the. Uh, developers there so that's another part of our campaign now is going back to the developers to say look you know how much notice did you give stagecoach can you give them longer in future because i've checked with members who represent other areas where the a465 works have been ongoing for years and they say they've never had this problem with bus companies in their area so if it can be done elsewhere it should be done here as well
0: yeah because i'm kind of thinking even if it was just for the morning and the evening rush hour just to get people to work, to college, and, of course, bring them back home then uh, after four o'clock. Yeah, exactly. So discussions between Stagecoach and yourself then uh, ongoing, I think it's fair to say. Yes. Finally, can you tell us about your work to ban trail hunting on publicly owned land in Wales? What's, What's that all about, Vicky?
1: Okay, so lots of people feel really strongly about animal welfare issues. It's you know often top of my post bag, my virtual post bag if you like these days. Um, and hunting is uh, no exception. It's something that I feel strongly about as well. We know that hunting has been banned in Britain uh, for quite some years now, but trail hunting is not banned, and that's where hunts can use um, p- body parts of foxes or other um, animals. To lay a scent uh, for horses and hounds to follow. Now, that has been used as a smokescreen for um, illegal hunting uh, in many areas. There's evidence from the RSPCA and others to show that. So I feel strongly that trail hunting should be banned on all publicly owned land. Now, Natural Resources Wales have already banned it the National Trust have banned it as well. So this afternoon in the Senate, I'll be calling on the Welsh Government to ban trail hunting on all the land that they own in Wales as well.
0: Have you been in touch with anybody representing uh, hunters?
1: Um, I haven't because my mind is made up on this matter. You know, I've I've looked into it over quite a few years uh, and I feel that... It's the animal welfare that has to come first and foremost here. There are lots of other ways that people can replicate a hunt without having to endanger the lives of animals or, or to use um, animal parts uh, to lay a trail. So that's, that's my mind made up, I'm afraid, Gareth. No,
0: I just wondered this all, if you'd <laughs> had some, some sort of response from them as well. And uh, you, you're bringing this up in this afternoon in the Senate, he said? Yeah. All right, great. Uh, well, as always, time and the clock has beaten us again. Uh, so, Vicky Howells, member of the Centre for the Kenner Valley, as always, thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us on GTFM today.
1: Thanks, Gareth, and Tiki and Tiki to all your listeners as well.
0: GTFM, community message. Are you a caring person? If you ever speak,